Welcome to the Avoidance and Control podcast. Today with me, I have Michelle Burke, who is the hot mess alchemist. I'll let her introduce herself in a second, but I wanted to introduce our topic. Today, we're talking about vulnerability and particularly how our nervous system tries to control how others see us. Obviously, there's lots of things that go into this, so we will see where the chat takes us. Michelle, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me, Monique. Yes, I am Michelle Burke, the hot mess alchemist. And like, what exactly does that mean, even mean? Oh, so an alchemist is someone who turns a substance into gold. So the way I like to look at it is I turn your mess, your chaos into something golden. Because I have this innate ability to see the magic in the mess, the beauty in the broken, and the clarity in the chaos. So beautiful. I love all of your taglines. I think it's so important to define that for everybody because alchemist is such an unheard of word for some people because it does come from, you know, the olden days where we all had trades or were exploring the world on our feet. If you can, tell us your definition of vulnerability and what that means for you and your work. So if we take the definition of vulnerability, we all know it's a state of being vulnerable or exposed. But if we get into the etymology, the study of words, and we break down the word vulnerable, okay, it comes from the late Latin of wounding. Wow. Wound, hurt, injure. Right. So when we think about it, it's like when we're being vulnerable, we're capable of being wounded or hurt. When we're being vulnerable, we're susceptible to criticism. Yeah. Okay. We're susceptible to being attacked. Yeah. And that's what we fear is being attacked. So for me, in looking at vulnerability, it's Sitting in your space and going, okay, I might be judged for this. I might be criticized for this. This might be scary as all hell to put out there. But if it helps one person, that's all that matters. I've done my job. Mm. What you said, I think, is beautiful where we, as coaches, can hold people right in that space of discomfort and sometimes hold their hand through it right and help them see what they can't see so tell me more about that and what that looks like for you oh yes i hold someone's hand i guide them through on their journey i'm also using my own messes that i've been through i'm sharing oh i'm sharing my shit yeah. Because that's what we relate to. Right. Oh, I say it all the time. Tabloid magazines, TMZ wouldn't exist if they weren't all about the drama and the chaos that celebrities are going through because we can relate to that. Mm -hmm. We can't relate to Taylor Swift making $40 million on a concert tour. <laughs> you're you're laughing it's like we can't relate to that right okay but 
when her and Travis Kelsey finally break up, we can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I'm just using Taylor Swift as the example because it's someone that we can all you know, know and that you know, on some levels, like she's everywhere these days. So like we can right. somewhat, you know, relate. Yeah. That that brings me to another question I was contemplating before we hopped on the call boundaries and rules. I've been teaching a lot of this in my coaching and even just had a couple consult calls recently where it was very apparent that boundaries and rules, and so many people don't understand that boundaries and rules help us regulate, right? They keep us in a space of I'm safe in my body, right? And then while being vulnerable, right? Because we're reaching for our dreams, we're going for our goals or whatever else, the boundaries and the rules that we have for ourselves hold us in a space of like you said, being open to that wounding and then having that knowledge or that intuition of, I'm still going to be okay if X, Y, Z doesn't happen. I'm still going to, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C this because I am open to the wounding. I am open to whatever pitfalls or quote failures happen during this process. And if you do mind getting vulnerable with with me. That's fine. That's what we're here for. <laughs> what that looks like in your life, right? Because we've chatted a couple times now and I feel like you, just like me and my story, I've been testing and even currently in my life, testing some, some boundaries around money and my family and other people around me to stay safe in what the goals that I have with my money, the goals that I have in building this business. What does that look like for you and your boundaries and rules with others? One of the things one of the many things that I do every single night and every single morning is I clear my energy. I send back anything that I have picked up or received throughout the day that is not mine. I return it back to where it belongs. Any projections, any shame, any ill will, anything that was projected on me throughout the day, I return that back to where it came from. And then I have a boundaries meditation that I do. It's a free meditation that I will gladly share with your audience. I go through, once you learn it, it's like something you can do like with under five minutes where I go through and I clear everyone out of the boundary that they're in. Mm. Because as parent- your child ends up in your personal boundary. Mm -hmm. Once your child's over the age of three, they shouldn't be in your personal boundary anymore. They Mm -hmm. can sit on the couch and watch TV. They can play constructively by themselves. Same thing with partner. Your in-laws or your parents do not belong in your partner boundary. So we move... Your children don't belong in your partner boundary. We move all that out and we, you know, meditation takes you through and it just sets everyone back where they belong. And then it moves those people, those energies, because we're all energy, you know, Mm -hmm. it moves those energies out. And people that, you know, you're like, okay, like, why do you keep calling me? Why do you keep bothering me? Like, I want nothing to do with you. Like, you're moving them out. You're putting them energetically where they belong. So that's how I look at boundaries is in that 
first, I should say, in that energetic standpoint. Yeah. And then it's, all right, is this person like, okay, is this crossing a boundary? Is this you know, having those other like personal boundaries set, but right. is this person, is this situation crossing a boundary? I love that. And I, and one question I have for you that came through, because I had another guest in Simon who spoke on meditation and I know some people not big fans. I know when I teach my skills group, meditation is something that I personally don't love, you know, to sit and meditate. However, I think a guided meditation, and I've experienced this with you myself, so I can say this to the audience, guided meditation, I think is a great way to start this journey, right? Of awareness in your body, in your mind, in your energetic boundaries, because you're not the one doing all the work, right? You take up the heavy lifting, Michelle, it sounds like in this, this five minute boundary release meditation. Tell me why you love meditation and particularly guided meditation. When I started meditating, I actually didn't like meditating, like most people, because we have this concept that we have to be sitting in lotus position, you know, our hands in a certain mudra or position, you know, our eyes closed, you know, chanting om or whatever. Like that's the image that we get when in actuality, how many times have you sat there with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee just staring out the window? Yeah. You're yeah. meditating. How many times have you gone for that long drive and had all those creative ideas pop in? Mm-hmm. You're meditating. <laughs> How many times have you been in the shower or been yeah. sitting on the toilet and had this epiphany? Yeah. Oh, because you're in a relaxed state. You're not focused on anything else. Yes. So that's what I love about meditating. You're not focusing on anything else. You're focusing just on being present and going inward. When I first started meditating, I would fall asleep. Mm, yeah. so I would so which is common for so many people. Right. So what I would do is at the time, the townhouse that I had, I had a giant soaking tub in my bathroom. And I would light the candles, I'd dim the lights, I'd turn on, you know, relaxing music, I'd get the whole spa set up going in my bathroom, and then I'd climb into the tub. And that's how I started to meditate, was in the tub. Because clearly you're not going to fall asleep in the tub because in the back of your head you're like, I don't want to drown. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're aware, you're consciously aware of where you are. Where when you're you know, laying down in bed, like, yeah, your body's so relaxed that you are going to fall asleep. But in the tub, your body knows that you're in the tub. Even if you go to another realm, your head's still going to stay above the water. So I love venturing into those higher realms and getting that guidance and looking at things from the bird's eye view. Mm-hmm. Because we're like in it. Yeah. That's why it's so like, that's why it's so good to talk to someone else, especially someone who's not in it with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. Because they can see the whole picture. They can see that bird's eye view. I had a coach say that to me once. She's like, pull yourself out. I was like, what? (laughs) She's like, pull yourself 
out, look at it from the bird's eye view, and you will see exactly what I am seeing. And the second I did that, it was like, oh yeah, you're right. I do see exactly what you're seeing. Now she could give me in that moment the guidance and the direction that I needed because I was now seeing it the same way that she was seeing it from up above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of my clients, they're too anxious. And so it's really hard for them to be there. But I totally understand. I think there's definitely a level of awareness and self-understanding that comes with being able to zoom out. Yeah, and that, That's true to vulnerability too. I want to come back to our topic here because if you're working so hard to control how others see you, it's so hard to zoom out, right? Because you're like, me and this person, me and this person, what is he thinking about? I'm thinking of like a dating relationship. Exactly. Is he thinking about me? Um, did he like how I was eating my pasta? Did I slurp? Did I burp? And that was gross to him. You know what I mean? Like we analyze every single action when we're with someone else, especially a new relationship or a place where we're trying to get to know the other person. Yes. And in some situations like that, we're also putting on the facade. We're putting on that mask and not being true true to ourselves. Perfect example of that is I was a few years ago, part of a speaking tour and I had given her the woman organizing it, you know, we were having our first event and she's like, I need your bio to announce you. I gave her my bio and in my bio, I had badass written twice. As she was introducing me, she filtered out badass. She didn't even say the word. She skipped over it. Okay. So you know, if you're saying spiritual badass, is spiritual it's like no like it changed the context of my whole bio but it was in that moment that I realized oh crap I have to filter myself now when I get up on this stage because this is an audience that can't handle cursing and when I'm in that clear channeling space I don't filter myself being true to yourself. It's like here I have this amazing you know, speaking tour that I'm on, but I can't be authentic to who I am in how I speak. How did that feel in your body? I'm so curious, like on stage and even coming off stage, because I know as a speaker myself, we, you know, we gather feedback from what just happened. Um, every time I wanted to say, fuck, I had a pause. <laughs> And come up with another word. Right. And then afterwards, though, she did come up to me. I was like, that was amazing. Where the heck did that come from? Mm. It was like to me and through me. That's the other thing about being vulnerable is not filtering to you and through you and what other people think. That's on them. It's not on you. Yes. And I want to mention, even in that pause moment, that is vulnerability too, right? Because you're dialectic, you know, Rolodexing in your brain. What's the next word? What's the word I can use, right? Or even before you step yeah. on stage, you're trying to think of the other word that's more appropriate. Or, yes. Like said, I know you channel through you. And so sometimes it's listening to whatever higher power, right? To guide you in that for yourself. And so many of us are so disconnected to our guidance, whether that's ancestors, whether that's, you know, a deity or even just our higher self, our higher power. I forgot where I was going with that. I think it's 
it's part of my Reiki energy healing. And that's why I always give an opportunity for people to choose their source energy. A lot of the clients I see choose my higher self. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted, I wanted you to speak on, on what you think about that, how people, not necessarily the religious aspects of it, but really the, the inner knowing of my higher self. Oh, you're, you know, I'm throwing curveballs at you. Yeah. Um, I like the curveballs. Um, oh, the inner knowing of that, oh, a higher self, oh, or oh, another word that I like to use is Gus, you know, God, universe, source. It's already in us. So I look at your higher self as an aspect of your soul. Because like your soul knows each and every one of us has an aspect of God in us. Mm -hmm. That's where your higher self is coming from. It's your, it's your inner God who's guiding you. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful answer. Thank you, Michelle, for, for handling my curveballs and, and being so authentic and true to yourself and true to your work. I want to pivot a smidge about titles and roles that we play. Because again, like you mentioned, the facade with the mask. And I know when we first chatted about this vulnerability, that was a lot of the clients you see, right? We're wearing this mask. And part of that is the titles, either society or our upbringing or ourselves put on ourselves. One of the ones that comes through for a lot of my clients is, quote, the good girl. <laughs> oh, the good girl. Um, so... I'm laughing because I can so relate to that, you know, good girl. I think 99% of women can relate to the good girl oh, label where, oh, in school, especially in high school, you know, especially my, especially my junior and senior year, if you saw me in school, like I was that definition of you know, good girl. You know, dressed a dressed accordingly to fit in. Let's I'll put it that way. Dressed to fit in choir, band, theater, social, great group of friends. You know, good student. You know, didn't get in trouble in school. Right. Like your classic good girl image yeah put me with my friends and it was completely different mm. we were going you know to goth clubs and exactly like we were doing the whole like goth scene and like having ceremony at a friend's house and you know doing full moon rituals mm. and whatnot like that was something that you would never have expected from me in you know, seeing me in school walking down the hall, you know, especially wearing you know, a cross necklace or right. seeing me at, you know, church on Sunday. <laughs> I'm laughing because I could totally see I'm a visual person. So I could totally see this image of you, Michelle, of like, Right. Uniform or beautiful dress at church, cross necklace. And then, you know, you go home, you rip all that clothes off and the necklace and you put on like a choker and some eyeliner and whatever else garb all black um, to go hang out with your witch friends. I think that is just the epitome of. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. 
you know, and that's where oh, I was out with a friend about a year ago. And, you know, we were sitting there talking, oh, a guy friend, and he's like, so what exactly are you doing these days? And I laughed and I said, who'd have ever thought I'd turn the basement into a business? Because everything that we were doing in the basement, me guiding people, me helping people, doing cards, you know, cleansing with sage, having an altar. It was like, I turned all that into a business. It's like, this is all stuff I've been doing since I was 16, 17, 18 years old and didn't even realize it. So right. going back to your question of like dropping that facade and that good girl image, it's like we all have that good girl in us and we all have that bad girl, quote unquote, bad girl, you know, the vixen, right. you know, we all like the Bambi and the the, the vixen that doe-eyed find the balance it's like if you're not fully comfortable it's like yeah there are some quote-unquote bad girl image things that sure you do want to leave them in private you want to you do want to leave them in let's say the bedroom and that's just between you and your partner right right and there's nothing the matter with that because that's where they're supposed to be right but, you're shopping and you see this hot, sexy dress and you try it on for the sake of trying it on and you're standing in the fitting room going, damn, I look good, mm -hmm. but I could never wear this out. Mm. Buy the dress. Yes. Wear it out. Wear it out. Take off the mask. <laughs> exactly. Honor who you are, especially as women we wear all these hats, especially as we get older. You know, it's like you put that mom hat on and you're like, oh, wait, I'm in mom mode. Mom can't be sexy. No, mom can be sexy. Yes. Uh, yes, mom can be sexy. You don't have to be out in those sweats. I had another um, a couple thoughts pop up. One of them is around this hat situation and showing up authentically. What is your tool or verbiage? Cause I know some of my clients, we do, we talk about reframing, right? So you see the dress, the sexy dress, you try it on, you're like, oh, there's nowhere I can wear this. Solution to that would be finally making a place to wear that, right? Making a place to wear it or even wearing it around the house. Yes. So, I had a dress over the summer that oh, I randomly walked into oh, a, a new little shop that was next to a coffee shop I was going to to work at for the day. And there was this dress. It was like, all right. I was like, I just liked the colors of it. They were totally my colors. And I tried on the dress and I was like, damn. And I started, you know, did the dressing room selfies and I started taking pictures of myself in it and I sent them to you know, the guy that I was seeing at the time, you know, a couple other you know, friends. Oh, I even like posted it online and every single person was like, damn girl, that dress was made for you. 
Wow. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the price of the dress going, all right, I really haven't spent this much on clothes in forever. I haven't spent this much on a dress in forever. It's like I had the money in my wallet. Like I had the cash, like it didn't even have to go on my cart. I had the cash in my wallet to buy the dress. And I put the dress back on the shelf. I hung it back up and I walked out of the store. Wow. And it was then that next day as I was just looking at everyone's comments. I really hope you bought that dress. Oh my God, that dress was made for you. You look amazing in that. I have nowhere to wear it. Who cares? Buy it anyway. And that's what I did. The next day, I went back and I bought the dress. That's awesome. I didn't have anywhere to wear it. I still don't have anywhere to wear it. It's such a good example, too, of standing in your truth and choosing you, even if it's going to hang in the closet for another year. Or exactly. Or even if, sorry, even if like that, the money is a stretch for you, because like that's where it was for me. I knew I looked damn good in that dress. I felt good in that dress. It was how much the dress cost that was yeah. getting to me. Yes. So it was like I had to put the dress back, hang it back up and take that you know, 24 hours to process the money aspect of it. What money issues, what money trauma, you know, what money stories was I telling myself? Mm -hmm. What was coming up there to go, all right, more than you've spent on a dress in forever. It's more than you've spent on clothes in forever, but you felt good in it. It was that next version of self. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to remember as we're growing, as we're expanding, as we're letting layers of the mask peel. Mm. The clothes that we wear are going to change. Yes. The way that we do our hair, the color of our hair yeah. is going to change. The way that we do our makeup is going to change. The way that we stand, our whole posture, our whole presence is going to change. And that's the beauty of letting the facade crumble because you're getting to your heart. You're getting to your essence, to your true self, your true being. And feeling comfortable, even though it feels uncomfortable as anything as you're doing it, but getting comfortable in your skin, seeing yourself in a different light, seeing yourself in the light that, you know, some others see you in. Because they know, because they know the inner deeper you. And I love that we're touching on identity here, Michelle. I think it's so beautiful, but I do want to, so in a lot of these episodes, I give reflection questions to the audience. And I have a few from the topics you've shared. Um, and then we'll we'll let everyone know how they can seek support from you. Because I know after having my session with you, I felt a hundred times better. Um, and I wasn't even like in a horrible spot. I think what we did in our session the other day was pull out those yuck beliefs, right? That old identity and say goodbye, right? Yes. And step into the truth, the the new identity, right? That we're creating. And I know that's scary for a lot of you. And I was even just talking on a consult this week of it's scary, but it's exciting because you know that you're hiding 
with your mm-hmm. mask. You know that you're hiding with your mask and you're ready to peel it off, as you said. I love that. Yeah, it's like what's coming to my mind right now. It's like what I'm seeing is like when you're a kid and you're playing hide and go seek. Mm. It's like and you're hiding and you're hiding behind that tree. And it's like you're holding the tree, but you're like, oh, wait, 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 I can't have my fingers showing. So it's like you're holding the back of the tree and you just keep peeking over. And you're like, oh, oh, oh nope, they're there. Then you're like, oh, they're looking that way. And you slowly start to creep out from behind the tree to run, you know, so that you can run to home base. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's happening. Like, that's what we do. We creep you out from wherever it is you're hiding so you can run to home base. But your home base is your inner home base. So beautiful. I love that analogy so freaking much. Um <laughs> So I'm going to get to my reflection questions. I may add some and pause here. Um, The first one for all my females out there and even men, right? Men can also have this. So first question, what is a good girl, quote unquote, to you or a good man, good guy? What does that mean to you? How do you define that? And then one thing you talked about is this basement, Michelle. And I love this because I think when we are searching for that identity, we're looking in the past to see what that was, right? What are we likes, right? What, what, do, what kind of things did we like to do? How can we turn that into a business? How can I bring joy and enjoyment back into my life? Oh, I loved going, yeah, like you keep mentioning basement. I love it so much. The basement stuff, the basement times. I love the basement times. And for me, I for my history, I wrote writing. When I was a little girl, I wrote this poem. It was like a Halloween poem. And I remember sticking it on the front of my bedroom door because I was so freaking proud of it. And I was like, ooh, writing, that's mine. Basement is Michelle's. And I. so the question I have for the audience is, what is your basement? What is your enjoyment as a child? How can you bring that into your identity now, into your other relationships? Because I think part of that, like you said, fitting in or peeling off the mask, coming back to that true identity is remembering what you like to do. It totally is. What would be the second thing for you or your history or knowing yourself to getting to that identity? Being outdoors. Being outdoors. So what you like to do. It just be, being just being outdoors, connecting with nature, whether it's a walk on the beach, riding my bike, a walk, a walk in the woods, playing outside, just being outside, connecting with nature. So to help people with this second one, I have an exercise that I do um, with clients where without thinking, write down everything that brings you joy excluding family, friends, and pets. Ooh, excluding Excluding family, family, friends, and pets. Go through, make that list, then go back through and rate each item on that list on a scale of one to 10. One being, this brings me joy. I need it in my life, but if I have it every day, it'll kill the joy. And Mm -hmm. a 10 being, I need this every single day in my life. Then go back through and circle your eights and aboves because that's your zone. That's your magic zone. I love this so much. 
Michelle, tell everybody where they can find you. And of course, we're going to have the links that you shared for the boundaries meditation and potentially that that other exercise with your zone. Yeah, yep, we can. <laughs> I can totally include that. Not only do I have the now the zone exercise, the boundaries meditation, oh, I'm also going to give your audience uh, one of my second personal favorite uh, meditations, which is my surrender to the sea. So it's a guided meditation that I recorded at a portal at the beach. You can hear the waves in the background and it guides you through just surrendering everything to the sea, letting the ocean wash away what no longer serves you. I love that so much because we're over here in the desert, as you know, in Arizona and a lot of my clients even in the body, mind, spirit membership are my Arizona people. And I can just see some of my clients sitting and listening to that meditation that you're going to have for us. That's, oh my God, giving us a little bit of the ocean and cleansing, emotional cleansing that's going to happen. Exactly. Um, So you can connect with me on Instagram, the hot mess alchemist on Instagram. My website is Michelle, two L's, A, Burke. Dot com. I will give you, like I said, all the freebies. I also have a confidence bundle to share with you as well. And you know, if anyone wants to hop on you know, just a free you know, consult type call with me, I will include that link as well. Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Yes. And Michelle's freebies, her website, how to find her on IG, all of that will be in the show notes for you, as well as a little more bio on Michelle. So you can get to know her a little deeper before you book your consult call with her. Thank you, Michelle, for being on my show. I loved our conversation. I'm going to keep thinking about it probably for the rest of today. And then we will stay in touch. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you.